You are now listening to You Know What I Love with your host, James R. Cheatham. podcast land. This is the podcast, You Know What I Love. I am your host, James Cheatham, and it's another week. It's brand new Monday, ready to kick things off and get things done. Today is August 28th, and you know, time really is flying by. I swear I blinked and January turned into August. Kind of hard to believe that September is literally right around the corner. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it when seasons change. But personally, my favorite season of all time is fall or autumn, depending upon who you are. Because this season for me means leaf rides on my motorcycle, jeans and hooded sweatshirts, A reason to grab a cup of tea, coffee, or even spiced apple cider. Get a snuggly blanket and just sit by a fire. Having campfires and roasting marshmallows and hot dogs. And also, all of the wonderful fall-themed desserts. Now, you may have your favorites out there, but for me, there is nothing that says fall than a nice apple pie. Especially if you have an apple orchard close by you in your neck of the woods, go there by yourself with your friends, family, bring home a huge bushel of apples, and you can press them into cider, you can store them in jars later on, you can slice them up, saute them a little bit in some butter and cinnamon sugar, put them in a pie, mm 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 just something about that fragrance to me, says fall. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not a big fan of pumpkin spice. If that's your thing, cool. No judgment here. But for me, long before pumpkin spice lattes had their throne, if you will, thanks to Starbucks, I'm a firm believer that apple pie was the reigning king for fall-themed yummies. But I could go on and on all day about, well, any kind of yummies because I love food and I really, really love desserts. But today we're here to talk about something other than food. We're here to talk about audiobooks, but not just any kind of audiobooks. We're here to talk about multicast production audiobooks, where you have, I'd say, bare minimum, like three to four. And then sometimes there's upwards of like 23 people in one audiobook. (laughs) That's right. And as you'll soon hear coming up in this episode, I sat down with a good handful of the cast of an audiobook that I was a part of called Mysteria by Cameo Rene. This book was phenomenal. Set in like a kind of middle grade range, 
So we have a cast of not only adults, but children as well. Folks, this book was so much fun to be a part of. So kick back, relax, not too much if you're driving, and give us a listen as we discuss our love for this wonderful audiobook, which is coming out this coming, what is it? Thursday, yeah, August 31st is the release day for Mysteria, the audiobook, full cast production. And so without further ado, I present to you our interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of You Know What I Love, but this one is extra, extra special for this week's podcast because not only are we celebrating the upcoming release for a wonderful multicast book that I was a part of called Mysteria, but I happen to have with me in the quote-unquote online studio the majority of the cast and crew here to talk about what they love, not only about Mysteria, but just audiobooks in general. So, ladies and gentlemen, huge round of applause for everyone that has joined me today. We have Carter, we have Megan, we have Amber, we have Brenda, we have Amari, we have Lillian, myself, and then the fabulous Jock who has orchestrated this entire thing, the mastermind behind the whole project and distribution. And uh, once again, Jock, my hat's off to you for just bringing all of us together for this wonderful, wonderful book. Thank you so much, James. I'm excited to be here with everybody again. So, <laughs> all right. So it doesn't have to be any kind of particular order. Um, and there's no real set questions. Like I told Jock, I have a few kind of leading questions, but wherever the conversation goes to bloom and blossom in a certain direction, we'll just kind of let it happen because this is a, just a celebration kind of thing. So whoever wants to go first, introduce yourself and then uh, introduce the character or characters that you played. I would like to go first since this is kind of my baby. If you Yeah, know, right? do um, it. Okay, so I'm going to do the short version of this. Um, Cameo Renee, who is the fantastic author, had this book on her Facebook page. And she had actually wrote this book a couple years ago and re-released it. And um, I acquired the rights from another one of her series and absolutely love her writing. And I saw the book cover and immediately was like, what do I have to do to get the rights to this book? Because right. I want to publish it. And she said, you want to do it? I said, yes. She said, okay, let's do it. Five, probably two to three days later, we signed the contract. And immediately I had this idea of using authentic voices for the characters. And I mean that as far as age appropriate for the the main characters. And so I think we I started this project probably in 2022 um, of deciding what it was I wanted to do. and. I went on Instagram and I don't know how I found Amari. I probably was following somebody else and they were following her. And then I started following her and just (laughs) seeing all these amazing things that she was doing. And I said, that's my Anna. Like that was it. I didn't do anything after that. I was like, that's my Anna. So that's where the project started and Tobin. I knew that Jim was going to be Tobin because he is a famous impressionist. And that was all I had was, you know, those two people in mind. Um, And then 
uh, I guess this year it was, you know, making connections, who's going to do what. I didn't think it was going to be as big um, as it ended up being. Um, <laughs> but my whole idea was that every character in the book would have its own voice. And the narrator of the book was going to definitely have to be that person that helped guide the flow of the project. So I would say hiring the narrator probably was the hardest part um, of everything, but I will get into some more of those things later on down the line. But I knew that Megan was gonna be in this story because she's always wanted to work with us on a multicast. And I said, okay, Megan's gotta be in here. Um, and then, yeah, again, I will tell you about how I cast everybody else later after I let them do some talking, but it's been the highlight of my year working on this project with Danielle, um, doing all of the sound production and Peggy as my, um, as my proofer. So yeah. fantastic. Who's next? All right, Amari. All at once. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my name is Amari McCoy, and I'm playing the role of Anna in Mysteria. Fantastic. The wonderful Anna Archer. So, Amari, we'll start with you then. What got you started in voiceovers, and was there anything in particular that inspired you to become a voice actor, like a favorite cartoon or something? Okay, so, well, I wasn't really that big into voiceover until COVID hit. That was the mm. only thing going, so... I actually just booked the role for baby babbling and then it just started from there. That's awesome. And I have <clears throat> maybe a few inspirations like Tara Strong. She can just make all these wonderful impression or voices. And I actually met her before and I really look up to her. Oh, that's really cool. It's always cool to meet uh, the actual voice that fits the face in person. All right. Who's next? Carter. Go ahead, bud. Hi, my name is Carter Rockwood, and I play the role of Will Archer in Mysteria. And I think I probably got into voiceover. I was just, so I also do on-camera acting. Okay. Um, and I kind of was just during like COVID and uh, because of the strike as well, I started doing um, a lot more voiceover things. And I've done like a couple other things here and there. And then I did an audition for Mysteria and I auditioned for Will and I also auditioned for Henry. And when I auditioned for Will, I was kind of like, oh, I really hope I get this part. I really hope I do. And then here I am and I got it. Fantastic. Yes. And let me just say, <laughs> I got so many auditions because I didn't audition anybody for Anna. Like Amari was Anna. I asked her to do a script read and send it back to me. I gave a couple notes um, or whatnot. She takes direction very well. And then um, working with the talent agency, I said, well, I need to cast these two other characters. I need a Henry and I need a um, a Will. And if you want to send, you know, they can audition for both or one. It doesn't matter. And so I listened to, I had to have probably about 20 to 25 auditions, right? And normally when I audition things, I'm like, I only want five because it makes it easier for me to narrow right. it down. But when there's so many, it's like, I don't know, because I really like pieces of what this person did. And I like this. And I'll tell you, when I got Carter's audition, he did amazing, like for both. And I was like, oh, I like him for both. <laughs> and then I was like, but do I want him to 
well, do I want him to do both or do I want to give an opportunity to somebody else to be able to do this Henry part? And so that was probably the hardest thing to, to cast was to make that decision. Like, do I just go with Carter and have him do both? But then something about Brendan's audition that just made me say, okay, this is my Henry because it's kind of like, I want this character to be kind of like a little quirky, have something okay. different with his voice. We knew that he was 11. I believe his character was 11. Um, and I was like, okay, I really, I'm really feeling, um, really feeling Brendan. And then I was like, I'm going to go with Carter for Will because there's a little difference in his voice. I can deter, I can, there's a distinction between him and the other characters. And I was like, okay, a Carter is my Will. So they just really nailed their auditions. There was, once I made that decision, I never went back to say, oh, well, maybe I should try somebody. Nope. They, it, it was, I was gone after that. I was like, okay, yeah, this is it. So that's awesome. So that's actually going to be a great lead into Brendan. Is okay if we pick on you next? Yep. Awesome. Okay, so my name is Brendan Morgan, and I play Henry Hobbs in Mysteria. I think what really started me going in voice acting was my mom. She does voice acting too. Oh, cool. And so I used to be her voice director i used to sit outside her booth listening and giving her tips and i think that's what started me wanting to do some i think my first few jobs were coco mullen toddler toys i have so many toys now <laughs> of coco mullen because we just bought all of them because they have my voice that's awesome <laughs> It is awesome, and I and you have done audiobooks before, isn't that correct, Brandon? Uh, no, this is my actually very first audiobook before, okay. so it I'm is thanks to <laughs> it's been very fun to do this all with all you, and I just hope we get to do it again. All righty, who's next? I'll go. All right, Brenda. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Brenda Scott Waslow, and I play Talia, which is uh, Anna and Will's mother in the story. Um, and I've been doing voiceover about six years now, audiobooks primarily. And uh, yeah, I've worked with Jacques on a couple projects for the audio flow. Um, always a delight. This is my first multicast, so I was super excited to be a part of it. And um, yeah, it's it's been a joy. It's been so much fun. Yes, and awesome. I just have to again piggyback. I worked with I it's so funny when I met Brenda. She the books that she's done for me were always like recast. So it's like, okay, this person started this book and they couldn't finish it. Uh Brenda, can you do an audition for this? And she just does such a fantastic job and um, again, when I was uh, putting this story together, I had a lot of people that auditioned for the narrator. And once I made the selection for the narrator, I said, well, I know that these there are some people that want to work on this book. So I have all of these other characters. Are you interested in still being a part of the book? You can be a secondary character. 
And uh, when Brenda said yes, I was like, she's going to be my Talia. Because uh, most books that I hear her in, she has a very youthful voice. And so it's like, okay, I want her to play the mother role. <laughs> I want her to be mom in this book. So this story actually gave me the opportunity to, to see, to allow people to sometimes operate out of what the norm is that they usually narrate in. So I know that Brenda does a lot of YA and fantasy and things like that, which this is fantasy. But now let's not have you be the teenager. Let's have you be the mom. Um, and still be able to use that youthful voice that she has. So easy. It was easy uh, adding Brenda in as Talia. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Amber, I saw you raise your hand next. Would you like to go next? Sure. Yes, I am um, Amber <clears throat> Deckers, and I uh, was honored to play the narrator in Mysteria. And um, I am fairly new to audiobooks. Um, I was an actress. Uh, a while ago, uh, a graduate of NYU's uh, theater program and uh, took time off to be a mom and a wife. And so I've just kind of dipped my toe back in and was fortunate enough to cross paths with Jock. And she gave me this fabulous opportunity. And it's just been, I'm, I'm blown away. I mean, that what a talented group of people. Yeah, this has been. Okay. Go ahead, Jock. Go ahead. I'm sorry, like I told James yesterday, I was like, I promise I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to put my podcast hat on and all that. I'm so sorry, but I was like, okay. I feel like if I don't say it at the beginning, when it's, you know, we're already talking about it, if I go back later, it won't make sense. But um, I, I believe Amber had sent me like a contact form a, a little bit ago. And I always like make notes when people send me things and say okay if i do a book like such and such i'm going to reach out to this person and have them audition because every book i do is not right for every voice and so when i started on this one i had a select group of people that um i had heard something about their voice and it's like okay they could possibly be my narrator i didn't know if i wanted the narrator to have an accent i didn't know if i wanted them to have uh, what type of tone with their voice. I just didn't know. So, you know, so when Amber sent hers, I was like, okay, this she's, she's a good contender. And then I had another person that I wasn't sure. And I said, I'm going to go with Amber because I haven't worked with her before. I really like her voice. I really like her pacing. And I think that she could deliver and help drive the story. And she and I talked about some different things and she came through. And I was just very excited that this is something she can share with her kids and say, you know, I was the narrator for this book. And it's something that she can share with them that she's done and be proud of. And that was kind of what my driving factor was about um, casting Amber. So there you go, Amber. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's a fun, magical ride. It indeed was a fun, magical ride. When I got the advanced uh, listener copy, listened to it start to finish, and I'm just blown away with everybody's level of talent is just up there with everybody else. Like you can't compare one to the other because everybody was just equally fantastic. And on our next road trip, That'll be the first thing we listen to when we go uh, visit our friends because we've got uh, several friends that are about four and a half, five hours away. So you 
encounter in a uh, round trip there, that's an audiobook length. The Mysteria definitely fits that. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Who else? Lillian, would you like to go next? Sure. Hello. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lillian Rachel. I get to play a sprite um, and it, one of the supporting characters. And it's such a thrill to be able to support a character cast of this caliber, like you were saying. I just um, will take any opportunity to work with Jock. She knows that. And to be able to come on and just be a part of this is so much fun. And playing a sprite was hilarious. It was great. I loved it. Like she was saying, it's a good opportunity to get out and just put your character hat on. And oh, yes. I do a lot of audio books. So to really get into some little bit of character work was great. Yes. And I, when I started early on in audiobooks, I worked with Lillian on a project way, way, way back. Um, and it was nonfiction. And so I was like, um, when I sent this audition out to her, I met up with her when I was visiting DC and she's like, I really like to work with you again. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't think any, any character or part is ever too small. And so again, when I sent out that notice and said, I've got these secondary characters, you know, who's in? And I try to give you as many pieces as I can. And Lillian came in and she was like, okay, let's do it. I recorded her, her items. And, um, and it just, if you guys have not listened to everything yet, if you listen to those chapters with the sprites in it and how well Danielle did with editing all of the voices together, where it's like everybody is all in one place at the same time is that's magic that's mysteria right there and um and you get to hear them all together and lillian and and i could tell everybody's voice but it just sounded so good to me it just thank you lillian for for being a part of this project as well yeah jock you know the editing on a multicast book that's where the magic happens bringing in all the talents and then making it sound cohesive and you've just got such a great team i i can't wait to hear this i can't wait to hear it all put together yes Danielle. and this was one of my favorites to edit i mean i'm here i'm just hiding <laughs> but yeah this was one of my favorite projects too to edit it was definitely a challenge a great challenge all right let's see we got one more megan would you like to go sure hello um my name is Megan Kelly, and I played the role of Oriana, who was the magical nymph helping to guide our young adventurers. Um, because Jock was uh, realistically casting, and I just happened to be a nymph, I think of the stars aligned <laughs> that this project um, was perfect for me. <laughs> I've known Jock for like eight years. I was on her podcast many many years ago when i was uh first starting out and we developed a, a really good friendship we've been we've been talking for a long time and i did another um audiobook for her several years back and i remember i got that one because she could remember i sang oh so, yeah this was, this was just a i was i went after her for a while wanting to be a part of a multicast and i couldn't have asked for a more fun and fantastic book because i don't get to work with um fantasy very often so this was just a thrill for me and i'm i'm sharing it with my family as well i just i i'm thrilled to be a part of this thank you Jacques. 
You're welcome. And again, like I said, when I was doing casting, my main thing was like, okay, where do I want to put Megan? Because I didn't give people opportunities to, <laughs> to audition uh, per se. It's like I put my casting hat on and said, this is who's playing such and such part. And, um, and Megan and I are always talking about her granddaughter. And she's like, I really would love to do a book where, you know, I could share it with my granddaughter. And so I was like, okay, this is the book. And, you know, um, her character is, uh, Oriana is shown um, uh, in a couple chapters toward the middle slash end of the book. Um, and she just does a fantastic, a fantastic job. And I think, you know, it's, it's different when people have uh, people around them that are certain ages. They just perform different. Uh, and I hadn't heard her in anything similar to this. so. Again, it was just kind of easy to say, okay, this is what I'm going to have you do. And she does sing. So next project, I guess I have to find some books where I can let some people sing a little bit, um, which isn't, you know, we've done those two before, but yeah. Um, and I want to go back. Somebody, had, oh, Lillian mentioned about editing. Um, again, this project could not be what it is without you, but without, without Danielle, I mean, it would just be a whole bunch of, little snippets of dialogue <laughs> so uh my hat's off always off to her for being my i guess i don't know she's my she's my shiro in the audience <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> and she's so modest and humble That's, when you guys have these things she doesn't talk but tell trust me she talks quite a bit uh with me <laughs> I stay behind the scenes. <laughs> all right, so that covers me asking questions about all of you. Do either of you have questions for me about how I started or how I got into this book? Well, I was just going to say again, James is one of those persons that I can call on at any time for anything, and <laughs> like James. Can you do this part for me? And he's like, sure. And then he'll just go in the booth and record it and send it back. James originally was just my Mausador. And I think maybe one other character, I can't remember. And then some it other. Was, uh, it was going to be uh, Mausador and Zohar, which okay. I got to say, Zohar was my first ever unicorn that I've ever played in my entire he's life. A he's a Pegasus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But but I I love the fact that you come in and you're like, okay, I can do all of these these like voices, right? And I was like, he's gonna play our Malzador because when you did Vlad, I was like, okay, we know that he can kind of do something a little on the other end where he's, you know, um, and then I said, okay, he's Malzador. And then I was like, uh, okay, I need a Zohar. So he's gonna do Zohar. And then I had to call you back. <laughs> And Danielle was like, we don't have a such and such. And I was like, okay, just send this to James. And I'm like, send this to James too. And um, and then, I mean, I just love working with you. Uh, I remember I met you. I, I don't know if you sent me a contact, but I think we started talking maybe on, was it Instagram? Yeah, it started Instagram to where I was 
as you know, most voice actors do, you know, you post samples of your work and audiobook releases and whatnot. And you reached out to me, said, how have we not worked together yet? I, was mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know. Can we fix that? And you said, absolutely. And next thing I know, I'm getting put in my first ever multicast of Man of War written mm -hmm. by uh, TJ London. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing about multicast is I think it's a good way for people to be a part of a big project and really put themselves out there, especially when there's different character voices involved, because people will listen to it and be like, hey, who is that person that played, you know, that character that had that one line or those three lines? And then people want to hire you more because they heard what you can do um, across the board. And right. then uh, and then you get cast again as um, a main character because they know what you can do as a secondary character, or you are going to be in a multicast as a secondary who's going to have a spinoff book later on. So Correct. there's a lot of things in play when participating in these type of ensemble productions. 100%. Yeah. So when you uh, came at me with originally Zohar Malzdor, I'm like, yeah, awesome. Evil villain. I got that. <laughs> And so I was juggling back and forth. Do I do like high and pompous with a little bit of gravel or do I do kind of like, you know, punch shoulders and kind of more of like a Joker from the Batman animated series kind of thing. And you're like, <laughs> no, I think we want to go with the first. I'm like, okay, first yeah. it is. And then we tacked on Eason and Weston and Kingsley and <laughs> Belness. And then once all those files were done and sent, you're like, I need to know if you can do an Irish accent? Yes, I can. Yes. <laughs> and then I got two more. I'm like, all right, we'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, it just kept coming. It just kept filtering in there. And that was because of what I heard that you could do um, when you did Man of War. And I was like, oh, because when we did that book, I was like, we're going to, what do you think about James? He could do all of these voices. Let's let him, you know, and you just went in and then you guys uh, won the Solvers Award. Yep. And so it's like, okay, James, I have like a group of go-to people, which, <laughs> you know, is generally pretty much in this whole cast is like go-to people. And it's like, you don't ever have to audition if I'm doing something. I know what you can do. Can you do it? You have time. Yeah. And for those that don't know, in the Man of War book, uh, one of my first ever multicast, but Jock comes at me with a character spreadsheet of 15 different characters <laughs> that she wanted me to play. And yeah, just like you, Brennan, my eyes are getting like super huge and going, all right, we're getting really ready to stretch now. I think I can get this done. But yeah, we, with a lot of tea and a lot of honey, we got it done. <laughs> Multicast, my favorite. So. Oh, I, I love them. I'm quickly becoming a fan. All right. So switching gears to our book, Mysteria. Yes. Mysteria. It's so Mysteria. Funny. I'm going to tell y'all five different people pronounce the book five different ways in this book. And I was like, it's Mysteria. I'm pretty sure I told everybody. Mysteria. 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 But, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily fix it because even people who live in the United States or whatever, we don't all pronounce everything the same way. So right. it was really natural because there's so many different characters from different parts of Mysteria. So they might say it different. They have an accent. So I left it there. But technically, the book is Mysteria. Like Mysteria. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. And so Trey just joined. Hey, Trey. Welcome, man. Glad to have you. So switching gears to our book, Mysteria, 
when Jock reached out to each one of you and said she wanted you to be a part of this multicast, how did you feel? Bring it on. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, as someone who does not do audiobooks, <laughs> hey, uh, I, I have done uh, one audiobook as a narrator, and I was like, that's enough for me. And um, she was like, well, it'll only be a few characters. That's how they get you. <laughs> and i'm like sure i'll i'll do it but um this is the funny part because i had asked trey to audition for a book i was doing like two years ago okay mm -hmm. and it's and he was like yeah i'll send it to you and he like ghosted me like he was like ghosted. Like I didn't hear from him anymore after that. But I found out that people have had horror stories and doing audiobooks, which turned them off from wanting to do them because they were doing the editing, they were doing the proofing. And that's not something that a lot of people are used to. And so I had to come at him like, you don't have to do any of that. I just need your voice. All I need for you to do is act. But I did tell him it was just a couple and then you know, I was like, no, but now I need you to do this and I need right. this accent. <laughs> right. A little exposing, it's isn't there? Yeah. And and he and but but um I approached him at Voiceover Atlanta. Yeah, she caught me. She caught <laughs> you could me. tell the story, sort of. <laughs> she caught PG because you know it's a kid's book and um and and only Danielle and I have heard your uh your yeah. raw file so <laughs> oh yeah yeah again my love-hate relationship with audiobooks um and i remembered i'm like i could i gotta edit oh no i don't um because there were a few times where i uh i believe the term was i got a little blue and um i ain't gonna edit this they they just gonna have to hear what i said and um <laughs> yeah so there was there's some there's some moles and some 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 uh trolls that uh you know for the pg version like oh oh you were that you you were that guy so but no you know i i will say this um like i said audiobooks and i are, are strange bedfellows but this was this was fun and I, for me because i'm used to <clears throat> doing uh promo work and narration um that's my my bread and butter i got a chance to uh to stretch my legs a lot of people think that i just sound like this all day but i got a chance to be and get up there and they're like <laughs> you can do that yeah i can do it you know in in, in the right you know a, arena so that that was that was cool to do and and to, to stretch my legs a bit so you know i was when i first got this when i first got the script i'm like oh here we go and then I read it. It was like, oh, that's not too bad. And then the <laughs> character, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, Myron, that's not too bad. So I I got into it and, and got into it. So um that doesn't mean I'll do another one. But um oh, boo. Yes, you were perfect <laughs> nope. Myron. You were a perfect Myron. And I told uh exactly, Amari. Uh, he was a perfect Myron, and every time I go and listen to Chapter 16 with you and um, uh, and Torian, like having your back and forth, and I was like, oh my God, he's like the perfect mole. Please don't <laughs> hurt me. 
Love it. Wonderful. All righty. Anybody else? How did you feel when Jock came at you and said, hey, I want you to be a part of Mysteria? Um, I'll go. I was blown away. Actually, she. Um, I found out that I was cast uh, on my birthday this year. So I thought it was just the universe aligning everything for me. And um, I was I was shell-shocked and um, excited and you know, had a little bit of imposter syndrome, but got over that. And, um, yeah, just felt blessed. You have nothing to be, uh, as far as imposter syndrome. Cause I, I listened to the thing and I'm like, this is a pretty good cast. Um, I think for everyone who your parts, our parts fit who we were. Um, so completely agree. Yeah. I, for anyone who, who is struggling with imposter, that's one of my, my things I, I like to grab by the neck um, is imposter syndrome because especially in this business, um, we get fired every day. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely develops that thick skin. And the the trick is now where's the next job coming from? Oh, I got booked for this thing. Who? And you're fired. You go to the next thing and the next thing. And then it, there may be a few days where the next thing doesn't come. And then that three days turns into a week. And now it's two weeks where you've been auditioning your butt off and that job has not come. And you're like, okay, no jobs, but still bills, <laughs> no jobs, but still hungry, no jobs, but kids need clothes, no yeah. job. And I'm <laughs> losing it. And you just have to reel it all back in. And tell yourself it's, it's, you know, I, I tell my students who get very doubtful and very imposter syndrome, like, well, what if I read and, and they don't like me? Well, they just don't like you. Go on to the that? next thing, you know, right. you're, for every job we lose, you know, you're closer to the next one and you just got to keep, keep pushing, you know, keep bringing your best to, to the work. You know, I, I had one student, strangely enough, <clears throat> she decided to quit because she thought you just come in and, you know, pennies would fall from the sky and then you, you know, I'm like, it doesn't work. She's like, well, what's the quickest way to get to the bag? I said, um, I don't know. <laughs> there is no quick way to the bag. You know, I had someone tell me when I first got into this back in 2009, uh, if you do this for the money, it's going to be harder to love it because then you're not doing it for the love. But if you love it, it'll come out in your performance. It'll come out in your willingness to do auditions. It'll come out in everything you do. Then the money will come. And I changed my mindset. Um, and when I did that, I realized I, I, I like this. Yeah, I can be that troll. Yeah, I can be a mole. Yeah, I can be a really mean guy. Oh, I can be a happy one. And, and then people will like it and say, hey, I got this other thing. Can you do that? Exactly. You have more work for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And work begins work. So that's um, it. Yeah, and, I, it, and, a, and the good thing is that people talk. So I always oh, tell yeah. people, 
it's like, yeah, I might not be able to cast you for this. However, I know somebody else that's working on something. And I think you would be a good fit. Yeah, and absolutely. so you pass it on. And that's the, another <laughs> way it's like, you know, pay it forward. Uh, I think that's a part of this industry is a lot of paying it forward. And so like, you know, everybody who's been a part of this cast, is, I'm already like, oh, I think they would be good for such and such. Let me share it with, you know, um, this other person's project or whatnot. And even though Trey is probably like, uh, <laughs> every now and then he, I might be able to get him to do one or two characters in something. Uh, but it's, it's a, again, it's like that relationship and don't, you know, ever give up on, you know, anything. Um, but um, I, I, again, I was like excited that everybody, you know, participated. I would really like to know about my um, younger uh, performers when they got the message from from the um, from Melissa, you know, what was their reaction like when they found out that we wanted to cast them? Go ahead, Amari. Okay, so this is my first audiobook, so I found out. What? Wow. And then I just like realized how you you found me, and I was like, I got this. So I just did a little happy dance. <laughs> All right, now got to be truthful. Was it a little happy dance or like a really big happy dance? Like, no, really around big. okay, <laughs> I was excited. So, I've got four kids of my own, one of which is she's doing the big girl lifestyle now. We actually just moved her into her uh, apartment yesterday, which is awesome. But the younger three are still here at the house, and I know their happy dances, it's all over the living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the adult kids they they dance a little different. Uh, they they kind of dance with a hat in their hand, like, "Hey, I need um, can I get three hundred bucks till next month? Because I paid for that other thing, but the other bill had came. Like, you know, they come every thirty days. <laughs> you, you know that, right? <laughs> so, that is so funny. Yes, but um, is Brendan still here? Uh, yes. yep. Oh, there he is. Um, when I got when I first knew about that I got Mysteria. I don't exactly remember, but I think it was just running around the room screaming like crazy. I got it! I got it! I got it! <laughs> and just, I was amazed. And I'm just so, I was just so happy. I'm glad. <laughs> and it's so weird, like, people wouldn't know that this is you guys' first audiobook. Like, no. Oh, not at all. No. Why can't we as adults have that kind of energy? <laughs> I, I wanna it, it's been a while since I booked something and, and, and run around the room. Well, it's been a while since I've run anywhere. But my point is, you know, <laughs> just just listening to <laughs> just listening to them and how excited they were. You know, I, I think um that's an element that uh as an adult we we sometimes uh forget that we have that it's yeah. okay to, to to be joyful and and happy about something absolutely um you know i i guess we got family and business and, and you're trying to juggle those two things but i still say we we need to find more ways to 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 bring joy into what we do i love what i do all day every day but i don't think someone says hey you just booked a a gig for uh, a promo for filling the blank show. I'm not gonna be running around. With <laughs> I was like, all right, well, great. Uh, see you guys Tuesday uh, at, at at 10 a.m. and and 
you know, happy to be a part of it. And that's kind of it. I don't know. That just made me think, you know, as, as adults, we need to slow down sometime. Be like, you know what? I am in that thing. I, I did do that thing and, and just get Gideon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm to, technically uh, an adult. And I will tell you that I, when I found out, um, Jacques actually uh, put it on a Facebook post. And I squealed like I was still 10. There you go. Because I was so excited to be a part of this. I love this. So, I mean, maybe that's just the kid in me. But I squealed. That's that's good to hear. You know, and I, I'm I am probably the biggest kid. Uh, you know, as I sit here and look at the front of my desk and maybe, you know, I collect transformers. You see that, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> man. Come on now. So <laughs> yeah, I still have a kid in me. I just need to let him out a little bit more. Yes. Uh, yeah, so. you should. And yeah, Megan was like sending me messages. Oh my god, I was so excited. And I was like, yes, I'm I'm excited. I was excited. I I have a part in the book. I play a goblin. So yeah, I actually wasn't screaming or uh, going around screaming or anything about playing the goblin and um uh and the the lion. Kind of bust those off to other people, and then it was like, no, just go ahead and do these parts. I'm like, really? We can't get somebody else. To just we can't just give this to James and ask him to go ahead. <laughs> Oh, now you know how that feels, huh? <laughs> but then we were like at the deadline. It's like, okay, I just need to go ahead and chuck it up and uh, do this and get it on out the way or whatever. Um, but I, I'm always hopeful that everybody, you know, is excited when they get cast to something and, and you know, go around and share that they've been cast in whatever project it is that they get because it could go a different way. You know, they could pick somebody else. Um, oh, yeah. Very true. So I think, you know, getting those casting offers are like a big deal. Even again, like I said, even if it's for uh, a secondary part, it still means that you've performed in some way, shape or form that the casting director likes and think you will bring something special to the project. So absolutely. Because I know what when I got cast for this now, granted, my happy dance days are incredibly limited based on my, my the condition of my knees because I was medically retired from the army after 14 years and so I've got uh, no cartilage left between my kneecaps however I do love cake and so I will <laughs> happily eat Make a slice cake. of cake yes <laughs> for sure for sure and so I still owe you that batch of cookies Jack Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, what what part of the game is that? I, I heard. Well, that was one of the other um, kind of <clears throat> comedic clauses for me to uh, working with Jock, because she also saw all of my baking posts on Instagram. Because I'm a self taught baker for almost like 12, 13 years now, all natural ingredients okay. and everything. She goes, "Okay, if I hire you, will you bake me cookies?" And went, "Yeah, sure." Don't tell people I bragged you or anything like that. <laughs> no, uh, I mean you know because I'm I'm a sucker for a good brownie. Um, my dude, I have an unbeatable recipe for a triple chocolate fudge brownie. Yeah. So I think you and I need to talk to. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Come on now. Is Carter yeah. still here? Yeah, Carter. What yeah, you got, I mean, bud? Okay. 
So I was actually really excited when uh, I was told that I got it. And it's usually it's usually my mom that tells me. And I think sometimes she gets a little more excited than me. So she was kind of the, she was kind of the one uh, running and screaming around the room. But but I was actually on tour across the country um, when I found out. And so I was like telling everyone um, that was there, like, oh, I'm going to be on an audio book when I get back. <laughs> yeah. So I was really excited when I found out as well. That's I, really cool. Yeah. I love, I love, I love it. I love that. Um, also, the parents have been so, so supportive in this whole process of um, working with their, um, with their kids, with their schedules, for reaching out to me, asking questions. Do you want us to do this part over? Uh, when are those pickups coming in? We want to make sure we're on schedule. I mean, like really big hats off to uh all of the parents who have been you know just uh, amazing in this whole uh sandy lacy lisa again thank you guys so much for you know um for your work on this too we we couldn't have done it without you all as well just you guys you tell your your parents that i told them thank you (laughs) (laughs) okay james i'm done i'm done all right no you're good you're good all right. The only other thing that I've got is if everyone's comfortable with it, take turns, obviously. But I want you, if you can, by memory or if you got the script still with you, recite your favorite line from the book in character, preferably. <laughs> All right, Carter. Okay. So I don't remember exactly when, but I was trying. I was trying to do something, and Henry keeps talking and stuff, and I say, I say this to him. Silence, middling. Nice. <laughs> that is so funny. It's so funny. I love, I love the whole dynamic between like Will and Henry because in if at the beginning of the story, it's basically like there's no other kids around. It's just them <laughs> in yeah. this course. And so it's like they're all kind of best friends. But then like Will has this whole back and forth with like Henry kind of like Henry's like a little brotherish kind of thing. He's got this little crush on um Anna or whatnot. <laughs> and it's just so it's so funny to like hear them together. But before, while they're going to think about what their favorite lines were, there's a scene where um uh, I think it was chapter uh, chapter 5 with the hellhounds, right? And Will gets bitten and and henry is like like wake up like will you can't die and he's like no because i can't die because you know prophecy thing <laughs> that, was like, that was like one of my favorite like favorite parts and 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 carter has like this i don't know me and danielle have talked about his if you haven't heard the book or chapter eight where anna kind of gets flown uh stuck into the river or whatever. He has this whole end scene where I just get chills every time I listen to him perform that part, even though we like had him do it over like twice and it still kept the same performance level where he's like, Anna, like Anna, he's looking for her and she's like in his head, like we'll help and you know, all of this stuff. And then at the end, he's like, I was supposed to save her. I'm her brother. And I don't care about this stupid prophecy and blah. I mean, <laughs> I just like felt that whole scene where I could just see him like his mouth just mad. Like we shouldn't even came here. We were fine in the forest. We didn't need to, be, 
you know, that whole scene to me was like climactic of the entire story and and the relationship that Will and Anna had together. And um, yeah, just thinking about the performances that they both had and how Anna and um, I'm like calling Anna Amari in chapter five was like, Will, you can't die. Like, wake up. I mean, it's a kid's book, but it's like, oh, heartstrings. So, yeah. Okay, back to you all's lines now. I just had to say that because, you know, um, those performances that they had and the chemistry, you would think they were, you know, yeah. just in the studio together, just recording. And it's like, no, everybody understood the assignment of, you know, how to make it come together with the chemistry. Brendan, did you have a favorite line? Yes. Um, I think my favorite line was after Will said, do you want to take a turn at rowing the boat? And I was like, nope, you're doing just fine. <laughs> I think that was my favorite line. And I think my hardest line was when I had to choke on nuts while saying the line. Choke mm. on nuts will sing the lines. So I think that was my hardest line. But you did so well. <laughs> you did. What about you, Amari? Even if it's not 100% accurate, do you have a, a favorite line that you kind of remember bits and pieces of? Yeah, I think so. So there's a line, like, I guess um, Will gave this to the very thing. Okay. So we gave Brendan some, like, like cologne or something instead of such right 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 and then and then i was thinking not a magnet for me and he's like what and i said my head like you love each other but still yeah that's awesome i love that one me too. I was just thinking about that one too, because she just starts laughing out of nowhere. And they're like, what are you laughing at? She's like, not a magnet for me. And then, you know, because uh, this is going to come out after the book, you know, they, well, it's in the back of the book. I think it says they have the whole telepathy thing. Yeah. Like, Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> that whole conversation in the head thing was funny. So, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Anybody else favorite lines? What was your favorite line, James? It was when Malzador actually first comes on scene. I think chapter 24, but um, it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm also a, a mentally visual person, so I can actually kind of see this character in my head just kind of like waking up from a deep sleep and stretching. And then as he's releasing from that stretch, he's saying the rest of his line. So, as you know, finally, after all these years, I have been released and it'll be my time. So something along those lines. But but that was, I was like, ooh, ooh, this guy's getting sinister. Yeah, it's go time. Come on. Yeah, I don't have I, any. I'm go sorry. Ahead, Myron. No. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't have any favorite lines, but I it's it's a uh, writer is such a uh, he reminds me a lot of um 
if if you have a a grandparent that is very just gruff, but you know they care, right? And it's like, hey, granddad, can you show me how to do that thing? I'm not showing you anything. And then ten minutes later, so this is how you do it. Like, but you just, <laughs> just told me no. I have to make sure you. You know, he he's 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 that that. And my grandfather was like that. He's like, hey, Gramps, um, what time's the game coming on? I ain't watching baseball today. And then, like, ten minutes for the game, we'll get some popcorn so we can watch the game. Also, <laughs> always be like, maybe when you're like older or something like that. Yeah. So this is how you construct. Like maybe when you're older, but I do remember um, when when uh, <clears throat> he was training, he was like, "You've awakened your power." Now comes the hard part. Like, oh, you think that's it? Cause you got a little power? No. Nah, we... <laughs> Let me show you how this goes down. So, right? Yeah. And mine I was just. So hard. Oh, I mean, I love. Just... Oh, wait, Ryder. I loved Ryder because Ryder was so so important to the whole story because the whole thing is you gotta go find Ryder. So, like everybody's saying, you've got to go find Ryder. He's hiding up in such and such. So it's like the quest is. You have to save Mysteria, but first, guess what? You've got to go find Ryder, who's going to help you what be able to. Me? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're a key person in this whole story. And yes, and, and you're Myron. You're always going to be Myron now. So. Myron's, Myron's just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a good guy, but they made me do bad things, but I want to do good things. It don't hurt me. You know, so yeah, that's those uh and it's funny because I used to walk around the house um trying to stay in character for Myron. So I would answer the phone like, Hello. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to find Trey. This is him. <laughs> it is not. Yes, it is. It's me. So, <laughs> yeah. Good job, Trey. That should be your new voice. <laughs> Not exactly. Send all your auditions in as Myron. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Like, yeah, no more promos for that guy. <laughs> oh my gosh! I would like to say that um, um, for for um amber like because she didn't do there was no dialogue like again amber's the narrator so she's got to be able to like understand what's happening before after doing uh each each scene and have to set have to set the tone for everything and i think that um the opening scene was the one that she and I like worked on the most. And I was like, okay, so you're descriptive, right? So you have to describe this. When I close my eyes, I have to imagine what this forest is like. And I have to imagine that there's these rustling trees and these branches and I have, and so I, um, I don't know if she has a favorite scene that she had to do, but like when she was talking about that scene in chapter eight, like I mentioned, 
um, with with um, Will and Anna, and also the opening scene where she's describing Tobin and all of that kind of stuff. It's really important um, for me. Like I close my eyes and I listen, and I'm like, "Can I see it? If I can't see it, then you got to do it over." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I but I could see it, and I could see Tobin, and um, I just want to tell you, like one of my favorite lines in this entire book is when Amari says, hey, Tobin, are you a troll? <laughs> and, and he says, oh, no, trolls are ugly buggers. I'm a buggle. We're the, we're like the handsome creatures. I'm like the best dancers. <laughs> I remember that one. That one was hilarious. And he says, dancers too. And he starts going up the I didn't tell him to do any of that. I did not tell him to to hum a song. I didn't tell him to do anything. And all I could think of was like Doctor Evil in um in Austin Powers doing the dance and going right. <laughs> and <laughs> I listened. To, I listened to that. And then Anna's just like, oh, okay. And I laughed about that so hard. And also when when Henry finds out that he's like. I feel like I'm telling part of the story, but he's like, I'm not related to that. I was like, I feel so bad for him, but it's <laughs> like had some very funny parts in this story. And uh, also when Tobin says, where well, oh, Henry says, um, we will basically to will, we'll fight for you. We'll, you know, sacrifice our life and, and, Tobin's like, yeah, well, maybe not that much. Like, I won't die for you, but I'll still go with you. <laughs> but um, it just was so funny. And um, and then when Megan comes in with her part, um, again, back to chapter 16 with um with Myron, and she's like, You'll just go away and just don't tell anybody you've been here. She has like this really calming voice, which is very different from all of the other characters because everybody can't be on the same level as far as what their character is, how their character is supposed to sound. Like, even you hear the difference between her and Chris's character who plays the seer. Like, they both have two purposes. They both see things, but they're very different in their composure and how they relate to the kids. So, um, it I'm just, always such a calming presence. It's just very, very peaceful. Where's your sister, Will? But uh, me and Megan talked about her scene where she's she talks about what happened to her when they came looking for, um, when they came looking for Ryder, and I felt the emotion there, and it was like, you know, I was like, I lost my beauty. Yes, I was like, I need to feel that, Megan, and so she came back with it, and I was like, okay, this is exactly what I needed for this character, and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> all right are there any other uh favorite lines out there before we start to wrap things up for today well there were so oh sorry no i was actually gonna say we never heard what amber's favorite scene was well you know there was i i loved the battle scenes i loved i mean there was so much beautiful description in the narration i i, I really enjoyed it um but what was um <laughs> one of the most memorable things for me was uh, a, a a little phrase that was that would trip me up every time it was kind of a tongue twister for me 
it was the fork tongued river. Like I think mm. I had 700 bloopers of saying that quickly, the fork tongue river with my, with my Texas accent. Sometimes I think, um, I had to make sure to get, you know, the right, uh, emphasis on the right, uh, syllable. anyway, um, but it was fun. It was uh, beautifully written and, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. So, what were you saying, sorry, Amari? Sorry, but isn't that actually a tongue twister? Because every once in a while, I've done that as a tongue twister. So, hmm, maybe they did trip you up. Yeah, we'll have to ask Cameo about that. Did you put that tongue <laughs> twister in the book? And also, uh, Tobin's What in the Fairy Fog? So every <laughs> time I listen to that, I'm like, okay, just make sure I can hear the G on the end of the word. Yeah. It is a kid's book. And and people will be like, what did he say? That <laughs> would have been really interesting. What the fairy fog? And I was like, what did he say? I was like, oh, it's the fairy fog. Okay. Yeah, oh, there's a okay. G there. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. That's funny. And and before you wrap up, James, I yeah. really would like to um have um yes, he did his favorite line. He did his favorite line. I would really like for um Danielle to kind of give us what her whole process was. Oh he oh Brenda. Brenda, you're okay, I'm sorry. Brenda's favorite line. Brenda, I was say, I'm like, I don't have a favorite line. My Talia was all about loving her children. She was just everything she did was to make sure that they were fine. So I just really embraced the fact that that maternal instinct was so strong with her and she was so loving and soothing and trying to protect them. So uh, she said, I love you a lot. And I'm going to go with that because who doesn't need to be reminded that they are loved? Exactly. Uh, and I hope that resonates through the book to the listeners. Yeah. I'd never second guess that maternal instinct. That is such, such a powerful thing to have. All right. I think that covers everybody for favorite lines. Jock, do you have anything else? I mean, haven't I said enough? Like, <laughs> probably like somebody mute her or something like this. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I needed this platform to talk about how special this project was and all the people that made it happen and you know you guys already have enough work to do but behind the scenes is just equally so much more work um amy deutschler who actually prepped the book um i gotta send a shout out to her because she just went in and made sure now, of course sometimes we miss some things but she just went in and made sure that everybody got what they needed and then um you guys got your script and and then, of course, it goes to Proofer Peggy. This was the first time she's done something that's this massive with it because it's so dialogue heavy. Um, so definitely a big thanks to her. And, of course, to Danielle, who always I just come to I give her things and I'm like, we're going to do this. And she's like, um, OK. And then, <laughs> and then through the process, then we decide. If we do this again next time, this is what we're going to do to make it easier. And we so we talk about different strategies um, that's going to make things flow a lot better for her, because, again, she's doing a lot 
Um, and again, with this one, because it was so dialogue heavy <laughs> and, you know, making it just sound like you guys were just all together. Um, couldn't have done it without her. And um, and then, of course, I have to thank the people that are not here. Um, Carrie Hype, who joined really late in the process, I just said, hey, I want you to be on this book. You want to do this kid's book? And he was like, yes. I said, I need you to be this character, even though we thought it was Trey. And he was like, that's not me. I was <laughs> like, oh, you're right. We could not figure yep. out who recorded the lines and it was Carrie. So yeah, he was like, that's not my accent. It's a little more profound than I do. And I was like, okay, well, thanks. But that was, yeah, behind the scenes stuff. Um, Chris Janae, who who was the seer, who just reminded me of uh, of the uh, the witch in Twisted. Wait, is that, no, what's the, what's the cartoon with Rapunzel? The Disney. Uh, Tangle, thank you. Tangle. Yes. She sounds like she she just comes in and Chris is a, such a sweet person, but she just does that whole villainous kind of voice thingy so well. And then Dom, who I had never worked with, I heard her on um Clubhouse doing children's book reads. And I was like, oh, I've got to put her in a book. And so I just gave her a part. And Andrea, who is also one of my go-tos every time I do a project, Andrea, do you want to be in this book? Okay, this is the character that I want you to be. Um, and, oh, um, Marnie Young's girls, who I think are like eight, seven or eight or whatnot. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, they played sprites. I said, okay, I want your kids to be in this book. Can they play these parts? And so I had them participate. Uh, Shariah Bird Walsh, who does podcasting with her um, her parents, had never done an audiobook before. And I said, hey, you think she might be interested? I need somebody to come in and play Raven. Uh, and so she came in and did that. So one of the big things I had mentioned earlier that I was proud about this project <clears throat> was it wasn't just the diversity of characters in the book. I wanted to have a diversity group of people from different voiceover industries that can come together and say, yes, I want to be a part of this, this project, though I might not have ever done an audio book before. I've never done a, a multicast before, but to come in because you're all talented. And once, you know, you've got that talent, everything else will kind of work out. And I wanted my characters to be diverse. I said, I want somebody to have an Irish accent, I want a, a Scottish accent, I need a Latin accent, I need uh, African or Jamaican, I need this because in a world, we're all different. In Mysteria, everybody's different. Um, and I wanted that to come out in this book. So that was really important for me and everybody did exactly what I asked them to do, Suzanne, uh, Susie, Barbetta, who did my first ever children's book that I did way back in the day, uh, was also uh, a sprite in this book. And I hope that I did not miss, I hope I didn't miss anybody, but everybody uh, just made me happy. Uh, made me happy. And the book is going to be released on the 31st. So I hope that you guys are just ex excited about sharing um, what you guys did and Torian, Torian, um, I, he's another one. I just call him and say, can you do this part? <laughs> uh, did I miss anybody? Aaron DeWard. 
Aaron. So Aaron was my very first audiobook crush narrator. She actually got me to listen in the audiobook. Okay, so like the first book I ever listened to, she was in. And I've been in love with her ever since. And she's always saying I would really like to do like a chill a kid's book or something like that. And so she had auditioned for the narrator. And I was like, but I've got another character I would love for you to play. And I think she she played uh was it like uh Sprite? She played the uh, mother of the sprites or something like that. And so she came in again, just has that really nice soothing tone. Um, and just was, was really great. Um, uh, I'm make- hear, uh, Aaron played the role of Celia. Celia. And she was, a, I think she was like the mother of the sprites Yeah, uh, in the story. So I'm glad you have your list up there. It's so hard to just remember everybody, but, um, yeah, I was really excited about working with her. So again, this project was a labor of love and also working with people that I had not had an opportunity to work with um, and just giving out those chances. And I hope that it will go forth and do great things in the award set. So, yeah. um, and oh, and Taylor, Taylor Meskimen, who is James's or Jim's daughter. I've worked with her several times, and you did too, James. Mm-hmm. On yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, wasn't Taylor and I in uh, what was it? Um, it was the, Vlad, uh, right? Vlad, that's right. Yes, yes, it was Vlad. And um, I always told her, I'm gonna have you and your dad on a project together. And this one came, and I was like, This is the perfect one. Um, so I got both of them together, and that's all she wrote. I love all of y'all. Thank you guys so much for, gosh, it took, what, three months? <laughs> yeah. Jim. His real name's James. He goes by Jim. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I just called James Jim, and it's really Jim Meskimen is what he yeah. goes by. So. And that's actually the nickname that I don't go by. Yeah, so I know you know. Me, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's, it's either James or Jay for short, so. Me too. I go by oh, James. right on. Well, Jock. We love you just as much, if not more so. And thank you so, so much for orchestrating this beautiful project. This was an amazing opportunity, a lot of fun, filled with laughs. And the overall element of love definitely shines through, not only in the story, but in everybody that contributed to it. So huge thank you to everyone to uh, Danielle, I know you're still listening. Hide there in the shadows. <laughs> and another huge thank you to Jock as well. Thank you guys so much. And uh, happy um, almost release day. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We are excited. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thank you everyone for being a participant for the podcast. I'll make sure that I send the link to it in the Facebook messenger chat. That's still a group chat thingy. Um, And then this will be available on Spotify, Pandora, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and like two or three other ones that aren't coming to mind right now, but everywhere it'll be available. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you listener to tuning in for another episode of, you know what I love. This has been so much fun. And I look forward to talking to you all next time. And until then, peace be with you.